Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network, Japan. To the Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. And it's Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. It's the end of July, guys. So next week, August the 1st, we'll have uh, we'll be a brand new show, like always, every Tuesday. So my name is Jamie, if I did not say that again. Most of y'all know me, most of y'all don't. So welcome in, everyone. Um, so before I get into my monologue of my weekend, because I usually don't talk about my weekend as much because I kept it, I kept it on the down low. So I am going to talk about my weekend and I'm trying to, I'm going to incorporate, I'm going to incorporate into this, into what I want to talk about today. So let's uh, give a big shout out and prayers to LeBron James' son, Bronny Jr. Now, Bronny Jr., I did not see, I did not know this till like this morning. He suffered a heart attack at USC's practice yesterday. And um, so they said he was in ICU. He was there throughout the night. And now um, he's out of ICU and he's in stable condition. So, um, you know, we're sending prayers, healing energy to, to, to the family of uh, LeBron's. And Savannah, beautiful family, by the way. And, um, you know, th- those those things are tough. Those things are tough to come by. I never experienced that as, as a basketball player myself. But I've seen – I have not – I haven't seen it, but I, I hear about it every season, about guys suffering cardiac arrest in a practice. Maybe it's too hot. Maybe it's, like, too much. But I, I just don't know what you do in those situations. But kudos, you know – Sending my prayers to the LeBron James family. Um, there shouldn't be any negativity towards him right now. Just send all the positive love to them, and hopefully he'll be back on the court soon. So, but anyways, guys, my weekend. Um, usually, I I don't talk about it like I said because I keep those on the wrap and I keep it I keep it sports related. But this is sports related. So my weekend was okay um i had i worked a lot you know i I, you know i i done some referee things for youth sports i'm not gonna say the organization but we had numerous not uh, just a small incident not too big but let me try to explain this guys okay so this generation is enti- uh, this generation of young kids, and we're talking about younger than like eighteen, maybe twenty years old. These people here are entitled, and I say this because you see, you see that the kids don't want to say no. Like if you were to, if someone wanted to drive, if a kid wanted to drive a car at fifteen, okay, you can drive a car at fifteen, but you have to go through the steps. To get to get to dry get to your permanent per, permanent license, whatever that is, and so you can't tell a kid no, or else they'll act a certain way. So it happened to my friend on Saturday to the point where there was some. I I don't know the story, but I know that the fact that there was a little grandmother that was pointing at my friend at the job she was upset about something 
And I was upset. I was asked, I was upset at the family too because the guy the guy does not act. Their whole family does not act like that. Okay, and when you're dealing with youth sports, especially around around a, a, that type of environment, you have to understand that emotions have to be kept in check. And so, in this particular stage. Between the dad and my friend, they were kept in check. They hugged it out, but the grandmother wanted some more. And and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I was there, would you do that to me? Now, I'd done this for 10 years, right? I'd done this job for 10 years. I'm not going to quit anytime soon. I has I had thoughts. I have thoughts of it, but it's, it, it is what it is. But my issue... On Sunday. Okay. Y'all know I'm a basketball enthusiast. I love basketball. I love the game to death. I still plan on playing. Um, so part of my job is to officiate the game, right? Call fouls, traveling, you know, all that stuff, right? But the other stuff that I don't do and that, that I do that, my company is not that, that well actually they don't allow it is you you can't teach your kids how to play how to play the sport and so i i started this back in 2015 and i said you know what i play college basketball i watch the game every day i can pinpoint what is going on on the court so that i can translate to th- these guys maybe they may not play basketball maybe they may not play sports at all in the future but Maybe they can take something out of the sport and put it into their next career. That that's my whole agenda when I'm when I'm out here refereeing these 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 youth sports. It trust me. Then I'll get to my cowboy stuff in a second. But so the incident this weekend was okay. I saw a girl. She's been missing about three weeks. Vacation. I get it. She went around the basket and missed th- three, like four times. Like she does the upper under, like it's like th- those moves are for the baseline. The upper under move where you're trying to score a layup on on the other side of the basket. She done it like four times. She missed all four times, and I got agitated. I got upset, like I always do. Parents love my energy. Like I'm just trying to teach the game. I'm competitive. I want things to I want things to happen, right? I want my attention is never to make anyone upset. Okay? Like if I don't see things right ahead right away, but then I gotta waste my time to wait till the end of the quarter to talk about it. My mind is focused on another thing. My mind is like on the next thing. I don't have time to to uh to bring up something that happened five or six minutes ago. I don't have time for that. If I can address it on the spot, then somebody, then the kids on the court or somebody in the stands can learn what I'm teaching that child on what to do. And that's what I plan on doing. But, so when I yelled at her, again, I'm not trying to make anyone cry. I was just trying to speak the truth. Okay? 
that's my not my attention. She took it the wrong way. She cried, ran to the bench. Somebody subbed in for her, and um, and we went on the game. It was like the last three minutes of, of the quarter, and at halftime, like I always do, I tried to come and apologize, and I tried to come talk to her. Her mom got to my well, my mom, her mom got in my got the path of my way. And said, "Hey, you can't call her out like that." And I, I and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just trying to talk to your daughter and all that stuff. You, you're not supposed to do that. And I waved her off. I waved her off disrespectfully because you're not going to disrespect me on a, on a Sunday, and you're not just going to disrespect me while all these people have mad respect for me. A few hours before that incident, I took a picture with the family. Hours after that incident, I everybody was giving me hugs. Everybody was giving me praise. I had a kid that scored twenty plus points on the last day. On the last day, well, actually, the last game, the last game for that afternoon. The previous week, I told him to jump. That's all he. That's all I said, and he did it. He was scoring like crazy. And his mom and dad came over to me and, and congratulate me. Versus the other one was like, you yelled at my dog. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, you don't tell me what to do. Okay? I'm the rep. I've been here for 10 years. I've seen everything from flag football to flag football to so- uh, soccer. I've seen everything. I want to help them out. So I left it alone. She did it again. I left it alone. I say, you know what? Y'all are entitled. You know what, you know what's best for your kid. But what's funny is that her mom was wearing a WNBA shirt. Excuse me. Are you part of the team? Did you play the night before against the Sparks? Did I see your number? I know the wings. I know who's on the wings team. You you cannot wear a WNBA shirt representing that team, and then your daughter goes out there and shoots and shoots crazy shots like that. You can't do that. Did you play in the WNBA? Did you did you coach in the WNBA? Well, I'm sorry if you if you played or coach, then I can understand your argument. But if you did none of those things, then you need to leave me alone and let me go and let me go do my thing. But then again, this, this these people are entitled. They don't want help from a, a, a ultimate professional. You're going to pay thousands of dollars to take your son or daughter to this camp that's run by former well, or former or current NBA players. They will do nothing but cross you over or block your shot. You are not. You will learn the first three or four days. Of how to dribble, how to pass, how to play, how to become, a, 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 how to become a team leader. You will learn those things. But the last day of camp, you may be, you may get crossed by Luca. You may get dunked on by Dwight Powell at a Mavericks camp. You're telling me that something that charges two hundred dollars for your child to be in this league, this development league. Versus you go to camp, you pay thousands of dollars every single summer to, for your child to get dunked on by the best players in the world. Help me understand that. 
What I'm doing for y'all, I don't have to do. I could just be a normal rev and just keep my mouth shut. But no, everyone loves that. Everyone loves that. But let me tell y'all something. If I'm ever in that space, you're going to get back, back, you're going to, <laughs> I'm always going to be right. I'm always going to be right because I've seen this for 10 years. I've seen it. So, um, so with that being said, I had to get that off my chest and, um, and hopefully, and like I said, and like I said, I'm, this won't happen to me again. Cause I told myself, I said, I can have all this praise, but there's going to be one or two people that may not like you. They may confront you. I said this to myself. I said, okay, fine. When that day happens, I will address it. I may not address it to that parent, but that's fine. And I came up to her nanny and I, and I apologized. I said, okay, I'm sorry. All this stuff. But this is where, this is what got me. This is what, when I walked away, I walked away because she told me, I understand, but they're just kids. And I almost told her, I said, why can't I do this now when she's like nine or 10 years old versus I could do this in teenager when she turns 13 or 14 years old. I can't tell her those things because you know why? Because you're going to get backlash from that teen. Why don't you just tell them now so that they learn Every single year, every single year of their mistakes, just tell them now so that they can nip it in the butt right away. So that way for years to come, they will understand what you're talking about. Like the next coach that gives her, her instructions, he's going to be as passionate as me or else you need to change it. You need to change it. If you, if you can't handle Someone yelling at you, someone be passionate about what they have going on, you need to change your career. You must change your career. And that goes for everyone. If you can't handle, well, I'm sorry, younger than 18, right? You can't handle somebody being passionate in that role or in that career. You need to change your career, period. So that's my little take. I know I'm, I'm going to uh, <laughs> get some disagreements from it, but it's all right. But let me get to these Cowboys questions, guys. Um, so the training camp starts tomorrow in California, Oxnard, California. I know I'm, I know I'm not there, <laughs> but at some point in, in, in my goals, I'm hope to be there. So, but I have some Cowboys questions. That's been on my mind for the like the last three months, three or four months this off season has given us us. So, um, number one, Dak. So Dak made a statement last week that he will not throw more than ten interceptions. I think that was the comment. You're right. Yes. <sighs> okay, Dak. What are you saying to me? You're saying that you will not throw ten interceptions, right? You said that that this is the best, this could be your best year possible, right? So you're telling us that 10 is the limit. Like every quarterback, every good quarterback, and you're one of them, 
has thrown 10 interceptions, right? Right? Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Just ask Tom Brady. Just ask Josh Allen. Like, 10 is unrealistic. You're going to throw 10 interceptions. It's just that you threw 11 in the last five games of the season. Like, you got to understand what you got to understand what you say these things. And I hate to say this, but Dak, I think you're going to, I think 10 is the limit for you. I think you're going to throw more than 10. If I would go on a limb, I'm going to say 14 interceptions for the season. I'm going to say that. Because you got all these defensive backs that are, are in our division that would tell you that, hey, we need to have a safety up top. So we need to play a cover two. That's what every team in the division is saying. Because you can't handle the safety up top. When they're doubling CD Lamb and the safety's coming up top, you can't handle that. You don't. You have weapons. You can go to Gallup. You can go to Brandon Cooks. You have two tight ends. Uh, well, I'm sorry. You have the best tight end room in the in the in, in the world. You can go underneath, but I don't know how much of those tight ends can get can get how many yards those tight ends can give you. So it's unrealistic. Are you going to step up in the pocket? Or are you are you going to be able to run? Those are the questions I have. And plus, you're coming up on your 30th birthday. I think it's a Saturday, right? It's Saturday. This Saturday will be your 30th birthday. So happy early birthday to Dak. But 10 interceptions to me, I'm going to say 14. And I'm being nice. But I do think you're going to have a, a good season. But 14 is not so bad. The only thing is if you throw two two interceptions in consecutive, in consecutive games, that will cost us the game, which is realistic on your part. So – Let's play a clip of one of those interceptions that I see. Now, it is a good is a good interception, but I want Dak to work on this in camp. Let's play that clip, please. He takes that all the way up. Touch. Four-man rush. Press cut. That one might be a pick six. It will be. Touchdown, Washington. you believe that? Well, you know the best way to get over dropping a pick six is on the very next play. You jump. So I had to play that clip, and I found that for Angelo here. He's, he's a Washington Commanders fan, so I had to find that for him and um, because that was iconic. That was probably one of the worst games he's ever played in his career. And plus, we already clinched that division. So there's a lot of things you, you, we could have gone through. There's a lot of scenarios they could have gone through to say, hey, don't throw that ball. Don't throw numerous big six in that game, which he's capable of doing. But we need to change that. You're not facing enough pressure, Dak. These guys in your division are not pressuring the quarterback. They're not pressuring you. I know this for sure because we got the best offensive line in the league. And speaking of the best offensive line in the league, we need a Zach Martin on there, which I'm going to talk about that in about two minutes. But let me finish this Dak stuff. So this has to be your big. This has to be your big opportunity, Dak. You have to take this. You have to take it. I, I want to see what happens between now and the next week that we talk about where does. Where did Dak have a great camp? Did he have a a bad camp? 
when you go to these camps, guys, you're going to have some sort of bad days. Not every day is going to be perfect, of course. But, but at the same time, you're going to experience that. Everybody experiences it, whether you're at camp or in a job. Everybody experiences a bad day at some point. And so, with that being said, I'm interested to see where Dak is going to take take this. And plus, I did not know this from what Wikipedia said that Dak in 2013 had offers from North Texas and TCU. Can't you imagine back in 2013 when if Dak in a in a <laughs> in a North Texas uniform? At the time, the quarterback was Derek Thompson. And we made it to one ball. We had our best season was like I think I think we were like eight, nine, and four, or nine and three. We, but it was our best football season to date. Uh, but Derek Thompson was one of a kind. He was he he's not a Hall of Fame. He, he'll probably go into the North Texas Hall of Fame. He didn't do much, but at the same time, I'd rather have Dak on my team than Derek Thompson. Derek Thompson is he's a good. Good quarterback, but not as better than Dak. I wish Dak would have reconsidered and gone to North Texas. And, and North Texas could have been on the map. For three years of Dak Prescott, probably winning championship. Probably winning Conference USA. And race, but that, that was in the past. So it is what it is. So, anyways, I just had to get that because I saw that. I was like... I went to North Texas. I didn't go when he was there, when he was trying to sign his commitment, but I saw that he had an offer from North Texas and TCU. So I said, you know, maybe I should talk about it. But number two, Zach March's contract. Would he get it? Would he attend? So tomorrow's the first day. Um, I did not watch the video of the Cowboys going to camp, but I didn't. But if I do watch it. I'm not going to see Zach Martin there. He's holding out. He signed a six-year, $84 million in 2018. He was the highest-paid guard at the time in 2018. Uh, right now, we have Atlanta Falcons' Chris Lindstrom at 21, 21, 20 and a half. So I, I upped it to 21 mil. He's making 21 mil. The coach Quentin Nelson's making twenty mil. So you're telling me at at eight time Pro Bowl selection, Hall of Fame for sure. He's making thirteen next season, fourteen in the well, actually thirteen this season, fourteen the next. So they're cutting it down every season, which I heard on the podcast. They cut his contract down every single year. Now uh, he's thirty two years old. And so what does that tell? Me that tells me that we're seeing the end of Zach Martin, because I've never seen. Well, actually, why? Well, well, I can't. That's a different position, but we're seeing the end of Zach Martin, and that's unfortunate. The Cowboys in the in the draft for in the future references, they got to address that right guard position because without that right guard and your right tackle in Terrence Steele, they're the best combo in in in. Football. Without your right guard, you don't have anything. You don't have a thousand yards rushers in Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. You don't have that. You don't have Dak's protection, even though his protection is on the left side, which Tyler Smith is operating. 
But that protection inside where Zach can bring, pick up the linebacker blitz or the safety blitz that come through the middle, he can pick those up. And so when you don't have your right guard there, it, it's troublesome in games. And I'm talking about not even the first preseason. I'm talking about the last – well, actually the last one because that's where everyone is dressed rehearsing. But we're not even going to talk about the first game because that's long, far off. But in Zach Martin's case, we the Cowboys got to fix this. They got to fix this at some point. You're going to find a man for not showing up, but yet it's like you're cutting his – you're restructuring his contract every single year just to keep your own guys, which I feel like – I feel like you have the bank, Jerry. You have the bank to keep those guys. Now, granted, those guys may not be happy that they got to go to another team and get their other contract, which I don't have a problem with that. I don't really have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is signing your guys that – signing guys guys that are holding out, guys that have made your team the way it is are holding out because they want they want their way. You keep doing this every single year to keep your guys. How are you going to win a championship this way? How does Zeke get, well, not even Zeke. How does Tony Pollard get his 1,000 yards? I just don't know. Without your right guard, you are nothing. I want the viewers to see this clip of Zach Martin, what he has done inside his position. Let's play that clip, please. You want to follow your best, and your best is Zach Martin. Bam! Open it up lane for Zeke Elliott. Zach Martin, he's as good as they get around the league. Is that it? Okay. So, anyways. Zach, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be a fight to the finish. And who, whoever comes out, Next, I'm sorry, whoever comes out first will win. And I feel like Zach Martin will win. So you you need your guys there to get a company, a company to the playbook and a company to what Dak wants in season number eight. It's year eight for Dak. He needs his right guard. Number three. Running back position. Is it dead? Now, last week on our show, we we were waiting. Well, I, I, I didn't even know about this, but we but at the same time, we were waiting for Tony Pollard's contract to come through. Excuse me. We were waiting for his contract to come through and it did not. Neither did Sha- uh Saquon or Josh Jacobs. And I look at all these running backs and I said, Josh Jacobs should get the one to get the money. Josh Jacobs numbers, he had 1,653 yards and 12 12 touchdowns, but yet you give him the franchise tag. You say, hey, he may wear out in in a year or two. But yet we're going to pay our quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who is in and out of the lineup every year, all this money to play quarterback for us. And we may not win the division. So that's where you want – that's 
you're going to disrespect Josh Jacobs like that? And how you, how, how does Josh feel about that? How does Josh Jacobs live like that? But yet, Saquon, he's complaining, but you got to understand, Saquon, you played two games. I think it was like back in 20, it was one of those years where he was, he was out for a season. I, I see his complaint, but at the same time, I don't really because last season was your healthiest season. Season, you had about thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. I mean, you, 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 you have not stayed healthy. I mean, of course, yes, it's not it's not your fault that you're hurt all the time, but at the same time, you can do things to prevent getting hurt. You can eat right. You can find well, not even eating right. You can. Change out your workout regimen. You can, um, you can add more bulk to your body so that you don't get you don't experience the pain more often. And so, I feel like Saquon shouldn't miss camp. But I saw the report that he did not, so he has a new deal. I don't like I said. I I just looked at the headline and said he has a new deal. And I didn't even close on it because I was focusing on the LeBron James news and his son. And I'm like, wow, that, that's, that is a long, I didn't even know that, but that was a long three hours. Well, actually two hours I had to endure that because it, it just came, it just popped out of nowhere. So, but I want to read on that later on, but I want to, but Tony Pollard will make 10 million under the franchise tax. So I expect Tony Pollard there at, at camp. I expect them there. Now, next season, who knows? I do think he suffered an injury. I think it was the last part of the season, maybe. I don't know. But this is Tony Pollard's chance to show that he can he can carry the load. We focus much on Ezekiel Elliott, which, which to me, I don't know what type of position he I don't know what type of position he is in to get another contract, to get another chance. I feel like I feel like he may be back on the Cowboys. If if an injury happened, right? He may be back on the Cowboys. It that's if injury happened. But then again, you didn't hear it from me. I just say, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I do love Zeke. And, and who knows if we don't have a running back to play with throughout the, if throughout the season, if Pollard God forbid got injured, if Malik Davis wasn't producing, if Ronald Jones, who may not make this team, is not producing, and Deuce Vaughn, he's just a rookie. But I'm not focusing on a five-five back. I'm focusing on a running back that can get us seven to eight yards a carry or maybe more and behind that great offensive line. So with that being said, this is going to be interesting in the running back position world. And, and I, and I feel you running backs. I feel you running backs out there that you want to get paid and you want, and your production shows your production shows. And I want to, and I'm, in that room with you. 
You can't continue to pay these wide receivers. You definitely can't continue to pay these quarterbacks all this money, and then yet they get another job elsewhere. That's being the, another quarterback, like Jimmy Garoppolo did. Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback of the 49ers. Now you tell me he goes to Oakland. Well, not even Oakland, Las Vegas. And now he's a the quarterback there. You pay him, but you can't pay Josh Jacobs. You had to pay Dak, but you can't pay Tony Pollard for next season. You pay your quarterback, Daniel Jones, who is the worst quarterback in, in the NFC East, but you can't pay Saquon. Help me, help me, let me, help me make that make sense. What am I missing? That's a question to ask ourselves for for weeks to come. So, number four. Who is the who could be the third wide receiver for the Cowboys? Now, I didn't even add Gallup in this. I added Gallup in this because I feel like Gallup is still working off the knee injury. Um, I did list Simi Fioko. He he had three catches over twenty four yards in twenty twenty two. He mostly plays special teams. Now, on the podcast this morning, well, yesterday, Brian Boz and Bobby Belt were talking about cuts. They were talking about who could be who could be their first cut. And Simeon Fioko's name came came apart in their mouth. And I'm saying Simeon Fioko may, may be cut. If they cut him, then they're looking at Jalen Tolbert. They value Jalen Tolbert's Value over Simi Fioka, who could play, who could play multi-dimensional positions. It's just that he hasn't had a chance to be on the field in the offense. They don't see him as being that third wide receiver, or maybe in the fourth wide receiver. They probably will go outside the organization to do that. But then again, there's no wide receiver free agency, free agent wide receivers out there right now. But maybe later in our part of the season. They can go after that. But Simi, I don't know what else work you have to do to implement your spot on this team. It's a lot. It's a lot of guys out there that are fighting for a spot that are more deserving to get on this football team. But this will be tough because your wide receiver room has not only Gallup, your wide receiver room has Dennis Houston, who was cut in training camp, but he came back. Well, actually, he wasn't cut in training camp. He came back, but he was cut in this season. You had Tyron Johnson. He he played a few games. He played one game. You had Jalen Torbert. Like I said, he played a game. He played in eight games. And you have Kevontae Turpin. Kevontae Turpin is a kick returner. Now... I see why they they have him as being on, on the cup of being cut, Kevontae Turpin. Kevontae Turpin plays kick returner. He he did not, not to my knowledge, return a kick last year. I could be wrong, but um, but if you're looking for a kick returner, maybe they'll go with a Deuce Vaughn, or maybe there, there's a lot of things that you can go with. But then again, I don't know how you solidify your spot. I think you just got to work harder 
than the, than the next man in front of you and just try to keep the competition going because you got to remember anybody can cut any time. Like we, we, we seen this, we, we seen surprise cuts on, on every team. It's not just the Cowboys. It's every team in the NFL. We've seen it. Like you sign a contract for maybe two years, then you get cut. And then, and then what's your next move? We seen this. So my heart, my mind is praying for Simi Fioko to make this football team. Because I feel like he's a good special teams guy. And I feel like he, he could help this offense if Michael Gallup were to be inconsistent this year. Or Jalen Torbert. They could give him an opportunity to take that third spot from Michael Gallup. But then again, Jalen Torbert has got to prove himself in camp first before he gets on the field in the offense. Let's see where we put him in the offensive playbook. So let's see what happens. Number five, the secondary will be challenged this year. Now, Trayvon Diggs, you speak out contracts. Trayvon Diggs is facing another one. No one has talked about it, but he's an unrestricted free agent as of this season. Now, granted, talks can happen during the season, but I feel like this is the season for him to make or break it. He... You may not get the interceptions all the time. That's fine. Of course. They will not they will not go to your side. However, you can make a difference by being a shutdown corner. Be a shutdown corner, defend defend the best wide receivers in the game and go from there. I'm not looking for ten interceptions. I'm looking for a shutdown corner and Trayvon Dicks. I want that one on one coverage without the safety help that Dan Quinn does not play. And I'm and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that because we got some guys in the secondary that can hit and can play cut and play coverage. Then I asked Deron Bland, can he replace Jordan Lewis in the dime defense? Now Jordan Lewis, they said this, they could save five million and they release him. That's tough because he suffered an injury last season. And you expect the man to come off injury to perform in practice. It's going to take a while for him to get his legs going, to get his mind right, to focus on football. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But I but I do see De'Ron Bland kind of taking that spot away from Jordan Lewis if he does get released. If Jordan Lewis does get released, I hope he does not. Stephon Gilmore. Does Stephon Gilmore have enough left in him? You got to remember, he's taking over for Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown suffered a torn ACL. Is it a torn Achilles or a torn ACL? I think it's a torn ACL or torn Achilles. One of those two. But I know he's going to be out. And... So you need your best two corners, which is could be Bland, could be Diggs, or it could be Diggs and Gilmore. I feel like Gilmore can give you more because of experience. Duron Bland can give you uh, can give you in the middle, but then again, he's more of the dime package defense. 
I feel like he's they're going to move him around on that defensive side. Then again, you got to worry about Eric Scott. Eric Scott is the fourth round draft pick for Southern Miss, and now I'm interested to see how he fits in this offense. I said not offense, defense. He's going to come in. Is he going to be five, that fifth cornerback, wherever that may be? But it's going to be a season, and the Cowboys are 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 good at doing this, but they they love to keep guys out. So I feel like he's going to be out, not injury wise. He's going to be inactive, so he's going to be a healthy scratch because they have what they have on the team. That again. There's a lot of guys in this room, not in this room. There's a lot of guys in the Cowboys organization that are fighting for spots on the field, on the Cowboys defense in particular, because you got to have your four best secondary in the game. My last question, Mike McCartney, number six. Would this be the year that Mike McCartney takes an aggressive approach in coaching? Now you got to remember, he's he is the offensive coordinator. He's calling the plays. Now they brought in Brian Schottenheimer, so Brian Schottenheimer would be like the assist. Like if he sees something in the defense that we can run, maybe a pass play, maybe a run play, then he'll be that assist offensive coordinator. But Mike McCartney's calling the plays and he's coaching it at the same time. I like to see. Smarter decisions on the field. I like to see smarter coaches challenges. I, I like to see that. I also like to see game situations. Um, don't go for it every single time on your own end. I also like to see how you handle the replacement. Oh, did I write down? Oh, how do you how do you handle pe- when people are talking about you getting replaced? After three seasons of 12 win seasons, well, actually two 12 win seasons and one, I think it was like one eight or nine win season, I think. But then again, the guys at one five three, the fan always like, I, I, I gave to you this. If we go, God forbid, if we go 0 and 5, God forbid, God forbid we go 0 and 5. We're going to have the conversation of who's going to replace Mike McCartney as the coach. That's the conversation we're going to have. But I don't see the Cowboys going that far. <laughs> like I told someone last week, the NFC is wide open. You have the Eagles. Yes, they're they're the best team in the NFC. It's just pick your poison. Could be the Cowboys, could be Minnesota, could be Detroit, the 49ers, could be anybody. But I feel like the reporters may ask a question and say, hey, how do you feel about being replaced? Then Mike McCartney will ignore it because he's the coach of this team. And as he should ignore it, coach this team to the best of his abilities. Now, I'm not saying we're going to fire this coach at the end of the season. I'm saying, I'm saying, 
God forbid, let's not go that route. I'm saying make smart decisions on the field. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. So all these questions will be answered through the first first four or five days of camp. The first game, which is August the 12th, which I think I'm going to that game and see how that game is and may, maybe meet people and all that stuff. I may go to that game. And I'll definitely give you, my guys, my experience of going to a Cowboys preseason game. Um, but that's a long ways off. And so those questions would not be answered right away the first day. Could be answered, like I said, the fourth, fifth day of camp. But just give it time. Let everyone get used to going to camp and go from there. Now, guys, coming up next, we're, we have Jose. I don't know his last name. We have Big Z. He's from the podcast, True Chicago Podcast. We're going to talk to him. I got some questions about I got some questions about Northwestern baseball and his Bears. So we're going to talk about that on the other side. It's Fistfuls Radio's Beyond the Game. Could I forget that I had given her 
Welcome to Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. Um, yes, so we have a special guest here. He is from the True Chicago podcast, all Chicago sports <laughs> and all Chicago things <laughs> he talks about. Pretty cool podcast, guys. And so let's welcome in Jose Big Z. Pronounce your last name again. Is he on? Check, check. You got me? Yeah, I'm good. I'm here. Yeah, is he here? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Check, check. Uh, here we go. can't hear you. You can't hear me? Yeah. I can't hear anything you guys are doing. That's yeah. He doesn't have okay. Okay. Check. Check, check. My volume is down. Hey, um, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. All there right, so welcome in. Pronounce your last name again. Swazo. Swazo. Yeah, like Swazo. Swazo. Yep, perfect. Okay, well, welcome in, man. Thank All you, right. man. So, <laughs> so I like to start. Like I love, I love to start this interview with a fun fact. So, sure. what do you want people to know about you as a fun fact? Fun fact: uh, My day job, I'm an actual PE teacher. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stay away from sports. <laughs> you can't. No, 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 no. I mean, sports has sports has really uh, distracted our life, livelihood. <laughs> um, 100%. 100%. Well, you live in Chicago. I really want to talk about this Northwestern situation in your eyes. Oh, boy. So, uh, it's a huge mess. It's a huge mess. Um, I really, really, I, I really got the gist. Of, I really got a little part of it, but I want to hear what your side is. Well, yeah, everything starts at the top. Yes, you know, you're the head coach, right? And um, I can't believe that you have no idea what's happening under your own nose, your own program. Right. Um, I understand as a head coach of uh, coaching football that you delegate mm-hmm. to the rest of the coaches, the wide receiver coach, quarterback coach, running back coach, et cetera. Right. But at the same time, you hired these people to be under your program. You understand what type of person that is. Mm-hmm. So 
the buck stops with you. Right. And if someone comes with allegations like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm getting hazed or there's racism or coach just told me uh, to co- go clean the floor and I should right. be used to it because I come from a different country. Those are things that that those are red flags that should come up. Like, you know what, man, that that's unacceptable in right. today's society. I mean, not that it was acceptable at, at any time before, but it was boys will be boys at that point. Right. We no longer live in that type of society. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm happy that someone's accountable. Right. Um, it's so close to their football season, so they couldn't fire the entire staff. A lot of that staff no. did come on this year. Yes. So they don't know about the allegations or they weren't involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, passing the buck with the with Northwestern right now the the president of the university interviewed with the uh with the the, the paper that they have there yes. I think it might have been yesterday and yes. you know he's he's saying that you know he might have he made the mistake of giving him a two-week suspension right and then over the weekend uh you know he changed his mind what it was is that more information came out and you know he was made aware of it mm-hmm. and I understand everyone has to do to their due process of course uh, I, I would have said, you know, he suspended indefinitely while we do this investigation. Mm-hmm. And then if we find more allegations, more people come forward, mm-hmm. we have more evidence, then you fire him. So, you know, right. a human. Right. Um, and, and that's what it happened. Now there's mm-hmm. more people coming out with lawsuits now, oh, you wow. know, former players. So it's, it's going to get players. even messier. Right. And I don't know what the NCAA is going to do about it. Hmm. Well, the NCAA may have to shut down their program then. I think that's what the next issue is. Well, I, sorry, the next step will be if more players or former players come out and explain their issues to the NCAA. Right. Um, so staying on this situation, I feel like sure. if, if, if Pat Fitzgerald mm-hmm. gets cleared of all wrongdoing, I feel like he'll get another chance. I, yeah, he definitely would get another chance coaching somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to take a step down and, and probably be a position coach, a linebacker coach, a defensive coach probably for so. a couple of years to, you know, get his feet settled under him and mm-hmm. let the dust settle because this is yes. going to take a long process. This investigation, the sanctions are going to happen, right. the program being shut down, whatever that may be. Right now they're building the whole new stadium, so that's in question as well. Like. Wow. How can we spend all this money on a football program if this is what's happening under your your athletic program when we need money for so and so and so and so programs? Right. So a lot of that stuff is happening right now in the news. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like a high profile lawyers right now getting, oh you know, gosh. chopping at the Being bit drunk. to <laughs> yeah cut their teeth in the news. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Well, we just got to see what happens with that, with that situation. But I'm glad, uh, Lord Yates, the former quarterback was, was not too afraid to come out and say, Hey, this is, this is me. I experienced this. And, uh, I expect more former players to come out and explain their issues as well. Oh, 100%. That's, that's what I like. That's what I like. I love, I love honesty because it, it, it doesn't embarrass your character. It, it just makes the university uh, learn from their mistakes. Right. Mistakes. And you know, I'm not a parent, but if I know I've been as a teacher, mm-hmm. you have to draw that line where I am in charge of someone else's child or right. children. Of course. Uh, 
you know, there, well, I don't even know how what's the roster on a, on a college team, but I'm, I'm guessing it's above 50. That's 50 different individuals that right. parents sent their kid there to be safe, to play right. football, but getting a great education, which is a prestigious school like Northwestern, right? Mm-hmm. If you went for journalism or whatever it may be, it, or you know, law or um, mm-hmm. <laughs> medical programs, they have great programs there. Right. That's what they're known for. They're not really known for being a, an NFL uh, uh, football uh, powerhouse. Right. But you are in charge of these young men mm-hmm. or young ladies, if you're a coach on the other side, to yeah. take care of them, to nurture them, to make sure they're okay. That's all right. parents want. Exactly. And you broke that trust. So a lot of these students, student athletes, will be transferring to other schools. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not right. Well, in college but basketball, of course. In college basketball, college baseball, yes. Uh, college football is usually four games. So if that player does not play four games, they can transfer. So I don't know how that process works, but in my mind. Right. I mean, some people will get redshirted to wait out the year. Yes. And then, uh, and then switch over. So, I mean, Northwestern did have some some draft picks this uh, this uh, NFL draft. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really going to put a black eye on the school. and You yeah. won't see recruitment as high anymore because – you don't have Pat Fitzgerald, which was a staple, a name, a person that played linebacker for Northwestern and moved right. up. And he was, a, he was, you know, a big name here. Right. But if you look at his record, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. Right. <laughs> but he wasn't he really a, you know, a, 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 he's not Lou Holtz or anybody that's of that stature. Right. They gave him a 10 year contract. Yeah. This is crazy. Uh huh. Yeah, these contracts are ridiculous for for head coaches for football uh, coaches. Some of them are high, the highest paid uh, person in the state. Golly, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But um, but more positive side. Sure. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about <laughs> your Cubs and White Sox. So wait, wait. You said positive. None of those yeah. things are positive right now, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Texas, you got the Rangers, you got the Houston Astros. Right. Yo, both teams are well, in contention. My teams are nowhere near contention. They're, well, playing, to, they're playing tonight against each other at guaranteed rate at seven oh ten. And I'm a diehard White Sox fan. I got to watch both teams to, to to report on both of them. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay. I literally went on a 15-minute rant on my podcast last night that uh-huh. dropped today. Okay. On the White Sox and what is wrong with the White Sox. Right. And it's, right. It, it stems, again, at the organization from the top to the bottom, right. from the ownership to the ball boy. <laughs> Everything is wrong with this organization. <laughs> the ball boy. What yeah, the Bob, Bob boy, boy can't, he's, he's been bobbling a lot of shit. You, you gotta replace him. Send him to AAA. Whatever, you know, T-ball. Go, hey, go shag ball that T-ball. You're not doing your job too. Everybody is accountable. Right. And it, it, it drives me insane because I have, have such a passion for this team. Um, <laughs> you have the kid, Oscar Colas, that, you know, he's supposed to be a phenom. Right. You, you bring him up at the beginning of the season. He's right. not hitting. You just send him back down. He comes back up. He's raking mm-hmm. again. And the coach is like, hey, you need to turn it down. Turn your boom box down. You're too excited. You're too amped up. The kid's 20 years old. What did you expect to be? I'd be yep. excited to be in the major leagues. Yep, exactly. I mean, what what coach does that? Right. I don't understand what manager, what is he thinking? <laughs> the other, we have three catchers on our bench. Why? Why do we have three catchers on our bench? And then you you pinch in with the, with the third catcher, mm-hmm. uh, take out the most offensive catcher we have, 
That kid lets a ball pass him, doesn't even get up to get the ball in extra innings, which means there's a runner on second. Like, (laughs) knowing fundamental baseball is a problem. And they hired this guy, Pedro Grafal, who was – he literally had every job in the organization from scouting to Mm -hmm. head of uh, minor leagues. He's had every position but a manager from Kansas City, and he comes up here, we're going to play fundamental baseball, we're going to play hard, and we're, we're going to change this around. Right. It's it's the worst team. Right. I'd rather have Tony La Russa, who was sleeping on the bench at, at 7.05, after four minutes after he turned in the lineup. At least that that team went to the playoffs. Right. This is such a disappointment, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, the training staff, how are these guys hurt year after year after year? And I, I and I talked to Ozzy Gein, um last week because um, he was at a, a, on site and I was over there, yes. and um, I talked to him like, "What's going on with Makata?" Because mm. he's really good friends with them. Yes, and he said, "No, he legit has a huge back problem. Right. It's affecting and and you know, mm. it, it's not something that's been lingering." I'm like, "Yeah, but back problem and the ankle problem before that and the hamstrings and the groin." I'm like, right. it, "It, what is going on with the training? Are these guys not wanting to train?" Is the training staff not pushing them enough? Or I don't know what it is. Eloy gets hurts his groin running to first base. Golly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, and the manager keeps playing him. <laughs> You're going to hurt that groin even more. You might not even, exactly. might, might even play. Exactly. He keeps oh playing him. He's God. like, oh, we need his bat as DH. He's literally going to rip his groin right off. Like, I don't understand. There's other guys on the bench, on the minor leagues, that can take his place for mm-hmm. 10 days while this guy, guy heals up. The right. problem is that he always, always hurt. Right. You know, spring training a couple of years ago, he's going, trying to rob a home run in spring training. No, bro, that, that's not your job. Let it go. It's spring training. Who gives a, you know, a flying, you know what? You know, the other the other year, he was climbing the, 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 the fence, the, the, the netting. And he gets hurt by that. I mean, it's just nonstop with that kid. And I, I know he was supposed to be a, a four-tool player. Oh, my God. I just – I can't with this team, with the injuries, with the lack of um, enthusiasm. Um, Hawk used to say, the former announcer, the will wow. to win. They don't have that. They don't have that intestinal fortitude that I want to kick this team's butt. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the players. It, 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 in my mind, it's the players. It's but, a, you want to get healthy. I understand. But yeah. but if you have, let's say, you have a growing injury, right? If you keep reactivating your growing, then, may, then once it's healed, then maybe it's time for you to change your habits. 100%. Change what you're eating, change what your training cycle is. That is not only the training staff, that is on the player to say, hey, you know, maybe I can do it this way. I saw this video. I want to do this one. You know what I'm saying? You have that control. They have that control. And they, they, do. they don't, and the problem is with, with professional athletics is that mm-hmm. some of these guys get their bag early. You know, they get right. paid super early and they're like, well, I can just be on cruise control because my money's guaranteed. Baseball if I'm injured, is, I'm injured. I'm not playing. I'm still getting paid. Baseball is a notion for that. They pay these guys so much, a high amount of dollars. Now when, yep. when one injury happens, then, then all is lost. They, they're oh. free to see, <laughs> sit on the bench. And 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 that might be your star player who doesn't have the the mental capacity to be like I want to play, you right. know, Yohan Mankata. You know, he's making bachata music videos a couple of years ago, and he's like, I'm hurt. I'm like, wait a second, you just I just seen you make a bachata music video. How the hell are you hurt and shaking your hips over there? 
that, that's what I'm talking about. Where, where's the where's the intensity that you want to play the game? If you want to wear you know 14 chains and, and show off your money and you're wearing a romper, do you on your personal time? But come on, man, we we pay good money for these tickets to see you right. play and you ain't playing. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, I, I get that. Um, I get that. So now you're saying, so with all that being said, yeah, yeah, you're saying the White Sox are sellers now in the trade. Oh, they're 100% sellers. You're going to see Giolito, uh, who's on his last year's contract. He's going to yes. be shipped out. Tim Anderson is kind of on the fringe. Uh, he's trying to turn it around. He's actually hitting the ball to the to the right side instead of trying to pull everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think his personal issues have really affected him this year. Right. Um, if I, you remember, I don't know if you've followed the White Sox, but his best friend passed away a couple years ago, two, three right. years ago, and he had the same kind of slump where he couldn't get out of his head. Right. Um, well, maybe so it's the, think, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Maybe it's the uh, maybe it was Tim Anderson. I want to bring up two guys that you mentioned. With Tim Anderson, I didn't know that one, but I know I know the other stuff that the, the Jackie Robinson comment. Oh yeah, uh, you and I know yourself, Jackie Robinson, man. Yes, <laughs> and also was Lucas Guidolito. I heard your podcast and you talked about uh, Guidolito going through a divorce. So I said, yeah. and that I I never been married. I never been in a relationship, but I know I kind of know that that affects a player. That player's mindset. A hundred percent. We're all human at the end of the day. Like, you know, we're not professional athletes, but you're still going to take some part of your personal life to work with you. You may not be in the mood to go to work. Right. And I get that. The fact that Giolito was served during the all-star break. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Damn. He had just been, you know, they just, you know, it's Sunday. The the all-star game's playing. Hey, you just got served. I'm like, whoa. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Tim Anderson has had some baby mama drama. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into that because that's you know that's he that's made his crazy. choice at his bed, and that's probably what he's dealing with. Uh, these guys, man, it's just it's just unbelievable, man. It's just they, it's like you 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 can't keep personal stuff personal anymore. It's just no, too much. No, this isn't the nineties. I mean, with with no now that the internet era, internet right. era, right. Everything is public. If you're exactly. out in public, people will take pictures of you. Right, right, right. People, you know, people want to get with you to extort you. And um, look at Zion Williamson. That's what happens. You know, doing his doing his dirt, and she's like, "Nope, I got receipts, and I'm gonna get paid." Right. And <laughs> look at her now. Uh huh. A hundred percent. Now she getting DMs from a bunch of other NBA players. You know how that goes. They like to yeah, share. Of course. <laughs> Man, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, but we got Giolito. Gonna get traded. Tim Anderson has been rumored to go to uh, a couple teams, most notably the Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, wow. They don't need a shortstop, but they may need a second baseman. Okay. So okay. if he's willing to play second, that'll probably be something that do because he's got another year on his contract. He's a fourteen million dollar option, I believe. Oh, uh, team option. Uh, then you got Lance Lynn, who's been mm-hmm. turning around. He had a game with sixteen strikeouts. Okay. He's a great, you know, great veteran. Uh, he's a dog. He'll he'll you know he might ha- have a horrible game pitching, but he'll get a hundred pitches, five innings, six innings. Um, Joe Kelly, who's been horrible for us, right? Uh, probably you know he's got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we have a lot of pieces that that need to be moved. I think besides Luis Robert, who is second behind Otani in home runs, and yes. he's you know he's just a stud. Um, you got to keep him. 
you, you're keeping you him. That is your foundation. Him. And then Dylan Cease, you know, he Oof. he was in that Eloy trade that was a throw-in from the Cubs mm-hmm. for Quintana. Right. And he, he became the ace. Now, he's had mm-hmm. ups and downs this season, but I still believe he's got the best stuff on the staff. Right. He's better than Giolito. Giolito just knows now being a veteran knows how to mm-hmm. pitch when you don't have your stuff. Right. And that's what Cease is learning how to do now. Right. So besides those two players, uh-huh. hey, man, I'm a, I'm open for business. <laughs> I'm, it's time. And so, you know what? It's funny because I had I made a bet with uh, one of my co-hosts that, uh-huh. you know, he's from another podcast on my network. Right. He's like, I bet you the Sox won't win 65 games. This is in January. Wow. And like, dude, wow. easy bet. He's like, 100 bucks. I'm like, make that 200 bucks. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, I'm sweating right now because there is uh, 61 games left. Six, oh, God. <laughs> There's 61 games left, and they've got to win uh, 24. Oh, um, so they got to go 40% the rest of the season for me to win this that's, bet. That's right now, he's looking really good. That's going to be tough. Uh, so you're saying that when you trade all of those players, now you're going to play with uh, you know, basically playing with minor league guys. You are going to be playing with, and then you got to bring up whatever talent you got in the minor league system, see what you got, right? and then reevaluate. The problem is, is that Rick Hahn said, hey, we're gonna trade uh, Chris Sale. We're gonna trade all all these notable players. Yes, and we're gonna do this rebuild. And in four okay. or five years, we should our window should be open. The window opened in 2020, uh-huh. and it shut down in 2021. They literally <laughs> closed the window, put a lock on it, put bricks around it, and, sh- and shut it out because <laughs> the White Sox window has been closed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Like I said, on my podcast, I went on and ran for 15 minutes, and my my oh co-host my and goodness. my guests were like, "Dude, breathe, breathe. You're turning blue." <laughs> I'm like, "You don't understand the frustration. I'm literally gonna Hulk out right now. Like, I want to smash some stuff. Um, it's just frustrating to go through the whole hundred loss season and then seeing the kids go through the organization come right. up. They're supposed to be these these phenoms." Right. And they get paid early and then they just fizzle out just, and your right. window is non-existent and That's you wasted that you, you were invested mm-hmm. in, in the process That's of sucking and getting good. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm sorry for, I'm sorry that <laughs> this is a lost season. It's uh, all right. Hopefully it gets better, but, uh, we experienced that one, 100 lost season last year with the Rangers and mm-hmm. it was, it, and now, now we just hired Bruce Brochi and everything changed. Like That's I've seen the coach the- I wanted. That is the coach I wanted to change my organization around. Old, I, play. old coach. Up. I didn't want him. I didn't want him. I wanted somebody a little bit younger, but I said, okay, I trust Chris, Chris Young. Chris Young is aggressive. Yep. So now who knows what will happen. And now we're in a two team race. Was there, was actually, we shouldn't be in this situation. If we would have lost in June or Angel and part of July, well, then we, then we should be we should be up by ten games. Now we're up by two, with a loss last night to the Astros. Which, by the way, we need relievers. We need our reliev oh, our starting relievers are getting tired. This is the oh, part yeah. of the season they're fatigued. We don't have a sixth starter. We don't have guys that are. Um, we don't have guys that are in the minor leagues right now that are producing well. We have <laughs> tired guys. Of course, the hitting is going to come. But if we can get an extra starter on that roster, 
to supplement Marty Perez and mm-hmm. uh, Nathan Avaldi, mm-hmm. we can be we can <laughs> we can it we're, we can be uh, the team like we had in April and May. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know what? Lance Lynn is for sale. Giolito's for sale. We so, had Les uh, Slide into the DMs. Let me know what you're going to sell him for. We had Les Lynn, and uh, we, he was okay for, for different parts, but he just won the money. So we had Les Lynn, I think it was like a few years ago. We had him. Yeah, we made that trade for, um, what's the kid with the glasses? Uh, God. Oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't, I can't remember the name on top of my head. Oh, uh, yeah. The kid with the glasses that, you know, he was supposed to be coming up for us. He pitched right. a couple games, pitched great for us. And then you guys are like, well, we'll, we'll trade him. We'll trade him. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll trade for him. I mean, we still got Giolito. You want to trade for Giolito? Uh, I mean, Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, how old is he? 28? Uh, Giolito's 20, 28, 29. Okay. Hmm. Well, then I, I will like for him, but, but I risk giving up our prospects, but we have, we may have to. That that's what's the Shohei Atani thing. If Shohei plays for two months, then we got to give up the whole whole entire system. We got to give it up. It's not worth it because you have no guarantee that he's going to sign with you, right? Um, so I don't, I don't think I actually don't even think he's going to get moved. I think he's going to sign somewhere in the offseason. I think the price is too high mm-hmm. for a two month rental. I mean, right? What what if he gets hurt? Now you that, just gave that, up the farm for a dude that's on the IL, and it, then you have no push. There's the no, thing. there's no insurance. There's no guarantee. So, um, as much as I love Otani and what he can do, and he's a special one of a lifetime, you know, he's a, he's our Babe Ruth. Right. Um, I, I would not risk my entire organization on that one player. No. Uh, so, and, you know, in the off season when he's available, yeah, you know, he's going to get five fifty, six hundred million, oh, 10, 12 years, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean. Organizations were selling for that kind of money. Now Ooh. you're paying players uh, this generational money. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's no way. I mean, I know the Rangers are are pushing all their chips in to win. You've never won a championship. I get that. Right. And you know, I I was a big fan of Nolan Ryan growing up. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, except when he beat up Robin Ventura. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that too much, but that was Robin's fault. But, yeah, Robin Ventura won that smoke, but. <laughs> Nolan Ryan was like 44 and still whooped him. He's still punching guys younger than him. Yeah, I would not mess with Nolan Ryan. That dude's like a tough dude. He looks like uh kind of like you remember Clint Eastwood. Just oh yes, don't, yes. <laughs> don't mess with him. Don't mess with him at all. Uh, I want to get to the final, final, final thing. Speaking of injuries, yeah, I want to talk about. No, I'm not even going to talk about injuries anymore. I want to talk about your Bears. Uh, okay. All right, let's do it. What let's do it. is the ceiling for your Bears? What are you expecting this season? You don't have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There, the media is hyping up Detroit and Dan Campbell. Yeah, they were hot last year. They, you know, they that team came together. It galvanized. He, he's a, you know, he's a weird cookie. Right. Uh, but you know what? That team gravitated towards him and and bought into everything he said, and they played right. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did pick up our running back. I don't want to talk about him anymore because he's not on my team. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's the Bears' fault. They didn't want to, they, you know, that's right. football. They don't want to side older running backs. Uh, <laughs> even though he was the best, ca- uh, uh, catch, uh, mm-hmm. running back, catching running back, uh, that we've ever had. But, um, right. I, you know what? I, I think, 
our ceiling is seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, we did lose a lot of games by one score, one okay. point last year with a crappy team. We literally traded everybody away right. and had no wide receivers, no offensive line. Right. Um, everybody on the defense was hurt except for one or two mm-hmm. cornerbacks. Like it was a dismal season and Ryan Pace and, and Ryan Poles did a great job of positioning ourselves. Right. And then thank you, Lovey Smith for losing <laughs> that last game and giving us the number one pick. <laughs> I didn't forget. I didn't forget. Thank you, Lovey. He, yeah, he he loved he loved Chicago. He got you the championship game. Uh, well, he got you the Super Bowl in '06. Was it yeah, 06? he got the Super Bowl. Rest, I, I love rest, Lovey, and unfortunately, he got you know he got canned after being one of the winningest coaches. Right. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, he went to Illinois and he sucked over there because mm-hmm. it's hard to recruit to go to Illinois. <laughs> Um, but I loved him that he's, you know, he was in Texas and trying to do his thing out there, but mm, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Justin yeah. Fields. Oh, make oh. a break. Their season. Just, Justin Fields is incredible to watch. Okay. It, yeah. it, I mean, people are, are complaining. He's running too much. He's going to get hurt. I'm like, he's a pretty big kid. Right. He can take care of himself. Right. He's not a pocket passer. I'm like, well, look at his film from Ohio State. He was a very good pocket passer. Right. Look what he's look at his resume in college. He did very well as a pocket passer. The right. problem is that he's on his second, I believe, a second offense. Right. Uh, now, now we're on year two of this offense. Now he's got weapons. He's got offensive line upgrades. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a huge stepping stone year for him right. uh being able to throw to Mooney and right. to um who's my other guy uh, uh DJ Moore yeah DJ it's Moore DJ right DJ Moore from Carolina yeah we got him from Carolina yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean those are great upgrades mm-hmm. um i'd running back i'm still kind of iffy about it cuz i don't okay. you know they we, they're very small guys mm-hmm. um we got a couple of veterans like Ebner mm-hmm. but we we don't can they go on a run? Yes. Can they, looking at their schedule, can they do well? I mean, yeah, last year we beat uh, the 49ers and we beat mm-hmm. some pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. Beat a horrible team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, what, we have the Packers. That should be a win. We have the yeah. Bucks. That should be a win. Yes. Chiefs, that's a loss. The Broncos, <laughs> that's probably a loss too because that's going to be a shootout. Right. Um, the Commanders, mm-hmm. that's a toss-up. We lost to the Commanders last year. Um, weird. They're they're not in our, they're in our in our division, so that's weird. Yeah, they, they have they, no quarterback. It, they are a very up and down team. You have no idea which team is going to show up with the Commanders. That's and I'm a good. big fan of Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to work for him back in the day for for a company that he still has here, and he's always a sweet man. I love his family. Right. Uh, I support him. I watch as much as I can, mm-hmm. but. The commanders, I don't know what's going on over there, and especially with the new organization, new right. ownership. Are they going to be sellers and start from scratch? I don't uh, know what they're going to do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Magic is part of that ownership too. Um, right. So I'm interested it's, to see what yeah, he, Magic he can do. and uh, I can't remember who else. Uh, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson. I can't remember. Yeah, you're right. I can't. I, I, I'm interested to see on the basketball set, like how a basketball player turned owner. It's going to lead this franchise, or actually part of this franchise. Right. So, was your Bears, <laughs> is wide open. Your it is wide open. Is like, wide there's a lot open. of the games that are on the fringe. I think, like, the Vikings, 
you know, they have a couple weapons on there. So I really think the Vikings are going to win the division. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears will be competitive. Right. You know, we do have, you know, games against the Raiders, the Chargers, um, oh, the Saints, who are, I think they're going to be sneaky good. Right. Um, the Panthers should be trash. So we'll right. take them out. The Lions, again, they're going to be competitive. Again, the right. Vikings. And then the Browns are still good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some games that are uh, literally on the fringe. The Cardinals, you don't know who, if they're going to have their quarterback because he's playing video games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Mighty yeah. Mouse, you know, yeah. I don't know if he's going to show up. And now he, does, he doesn't have D-Hop anymore. Mm, so, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're not playing each other this year. You know, so or else no, we'd be talking Cowboys-Bears. And, and that's always nice, a great thing. Uh, it would have been nice because y'all tortured us last year in the running game. But we won the game. I wasn't really happy about it. But what y'all torched us last year was the running game, man. Yeah. It was a running quarterback. It's just what happened was the turnovers and Justin Fields not being protected. A hundred percent he's not being protected. We have to take him out the last two games. He's about to get killed. <laughs> he's like, hike, and then boom, he gets knocked down. Like, we, he needs about three seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least he can give the kid three seconds. I mean, it's hard to read an offense in three seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady doesn't even do that. No, you know, doesn't. Tom Brady's and, you know, good quarterbacks have good offensive lines and it allows them to take five to seven seconds to read the defense and make a decision. If right. you don't have that, you're in panic mode a hundred percent of the time at the entire game. Mm-hmm. And that's no way to win a football game. Exactly. Well, that's great stuff, man. And I'll be, and just because of you, I'll be watching the bears this upcoming season and see. Well, I have how- no choice, but watch Dallas. Cowboys, because it's always on TV. Right. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I'm sorry. Jerry, blame Jerry for that. Blame Jerry. He, 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 paid, he paid the networks. Yeah, you got to put our team on TV. Yeah, you got Exactly. But <laughs> 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 well, this has been great. Let everybody know your podcast, sir. Oh, yeah, my podcast is called True Chicago Sports Fan. Uh, new episodes are every Tuesday. Um, you know, we've had great comedians like Ken Gar and Martin Moreno, um, who's awesome. Travels with uh, Fluffy, Gabriel Glasias. Oh, yeah, nice. uh, we've had Yomar Sanchez on. We've had Ozzy Guillen Jr., his son. Um, we've had Carlos Zambrano on. Mm-hmm. So we've had some notable guests. Uh, right now, um, I'm literally uh, guest co-hosting and, and finding some good, funny friends to jump on. Right. Um, but it's it's it literally started with um, us making a meme about the uh, last dance. Uh-huh. Uh, Nikolai Wozniak, uh, so is the son of John Michael Wozniak, who was mm-hmm. Jordan's, uh, security guard. Mm-hmm. And if you don't remember during the last dance, he was mm-hmm. playing quarters in the back room. Yes. And he tells the, the security, you want to play? He's like, yeah, sure. And they make a bet and he throws a quarter and he wins the quarter game and he's like, oh, this is rigged. And you know, he does a little shoulder, the Jordan shoulder shrug and we made a meme like that. The only man to be Jordan one on one. Wow. And his son wow. reached out to us. He's like, hey, that's my dad. We're like, nah, whatever. Yeah. Show his pictures and pictures. He's like, actually, Jordan's my godfather. Right. I was like, whoa. whoa okay, that's cool. Crazy. So that was my first interview. And if you listen to the first episode, it sounds horrible because I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I can be completely honest. And I kept it that way so I can remind myself mm-hmm. to be grounded that, you know, this is for fun. And at the same time, you know, we're we're all learning every single time. So, uh, True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast available every Tuesday on all networks, and um, I love to have you guys on too. I love it. Well, that sounds good. Uh, that sounds good, Jose. Well, I appreciate our time today. But 
for everyone else, coming up next, let's talk some WNBA stuff. The last two teams that are fighting for number one spot in the draft. Let's talk about that next. It's Fishbowl Radio, Beyond the Game. Thank you to Jose, Big a.k.a. Big Z Cesano, for joining us. Thank you, Jose. All right, thanks a lot. Back to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. We just had Jose, Big, aka Big Z Susano, on on my program. It was a great interview. So um, we will have that as soon as I get everything together. We will have that. But guys, I do want to talk about the last two teams of the WNBA that could be fighting for the number one spot in the WNBA draft. Okay, so let's talk about it because. It, I watched the game recently, 
It was Seattle against, I think it was Seattle and Chicago one time. I think it was like last week. Maybe, oh yeah, it was on Saturday. And I said to myself, I said, this team, Seattle, has lost eight, nine straight games. But I said to myself, this team cannot go for the number one pick. They cannot, despite Jewel Lloyd leading them in scoring, despite Easy doing what she can do to help Jewel Lloyd, and then you don't have anybody else. You got to understand that there is no positive in this. Losing more than five games in a row, eight games in a row, there's no positive. The only positive is you get to play another game. And I'm not a fan of these neither of these teams, but I feel like this team has one player that can help them, it's Drew Lloyd. You're telling me that Drew Lloyd is facing another rebuild after Sue Bird. Sue Bird retired last season, guys. You don't have that vet leadership. You don't have that scoring that she had. Even her scoring deteriorated. Uh, season, oh, well, actually, two to three seasons ago. And so, with that being said, I just don't think that Drew Lloyd is capable of a rebuild. Now, now, then again, I don't know. Things change. Somebody might have to convince her to say, hey, stick around. Just We're going we're gonna to try to fix this right away. This is going to be an easy fix. Uh, no, it's not It's not going to be an easy fix. And that thing is when you're trying to get on a team, you're trying to fix a team, nothing's easy to fix. You have to build it so that you got to – well, actually, not build it. You got to have players invest into what you're running. So I do think I don't think the players are invested as much because of the losing and all that stuff, and that kills a coach's confidence. It kills an organization as well. Who wants to play for a team that is four and nineteen right now, and not in one of the top eight teams in the post in the postseason, and you lose every single game. There's no smiles in that in that room. I've been through there. I've lost all the games. There's not smiles. There may be a smile halfway when we're talking about other things outside of the game, but there's no smiles in that in that space. In that WNBA space. If you want to be serious, serious, you got to be uh, have a serious mindset. Nicole Quinn her coaching days are behind her. Yes, she won a championship in 2020 as a coach. Actually, she won a championship in 2018 as a player. But the tide has to change, turn somehow, right? It has to turn somehow. It turned for Kurt Miller, which I want to talk about in a second. But the tide has turned on Nicole Quinn. There's players out there that are not heavily invested on the team. You can't blame that on Nicole Quinn. You got to blame it on her coaching. And I'm not talking about Nicole Quinn as a person. Her coaching is off. It's off this season for the players. And players are not going to be highly invested into, into winning. 
And so how do you win? You just win one game, and that's it. That's it. And then everything will take care of itself. You know, like like I said, Drew Lloyd does not have anybody. A Caitlin Clark and, and an Angel Reese will not fix this franchise. You got to remember, they're coming into the league to not only fix the – they're not going to fix the league at all. The league has already great players in it. And I'm saying this season, the league has great players in it. There'll be upgrades to a team. So, for those that say that Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are coming in to change the, the to directly to directly I can't pronounce that word of the league, you're wrong. You got to remember it takes time to get your game going. Just like being a rookie in any space, it took Aaliyah Boston five or six games to get her game going. She did not jump off the roof right away. She has some missteps. And now look at her, an all-star. Just because she took the time to work on her craft. Angel Riz and Caitlin Clark have to work on their craft to get adjusted to the WNBA. They're great. They're going. They're phenomenal college basketball players, but it's a different animal in WNBA. So, we'll see what happens. But don't fight for the number one pick because not only you'll be happy about drafting a player, but at the same time, you got to understand that there is there is players. They're on the team right now that have their spot solidified, that want to be there, that want to keep their spot in the WNBA since there's limited spots. There's no expansion anytime soon. So what you do is fix, is, is do everything you can to keep your spot. That's it. And now let me get to my next and final point. The Sparks. The Sparks are seven and fifteen. They have eight straight losses. Well, actually, the Seattle was nine. The Sparks are eight. So, and let me get this out quickly. Seattle plays the New York tonight, and Indiana plays the Sparks tonight. That's a late game. The early game is the Sparks, the Storm, and the Liberty. And so, what can we say about the Sparks? Seven and fifteen. Injuries and inconsistency is the motive on this team. Okay. Neka has averaged 19 and 9. Um, she's little to the expectations. Only player on, on that team that's little to the expectations. Well, you got to understand. They're in the spot. They're in the spot to get into the postseason. They just got to, like I said, with Seattle. They just got to win one game. Seattle may not go to the postseason this year. They just got to win one game, which is tonight against Indiana at home. Now, everyone wants to blame the injuries and the, and the inconsistency of Coach Kurt Miller. I told someone online yesterday, yesterday I've never been a fan of Kurt Miller's coaching. I feel like his coaching has been a little bit off. That's why Connecticut didn't win a championship, because his coaching was off. He wasn't doing the X and the O's correctly. His players didn't buy in. 
Once they didn't buy in, Kurt Miller had to leave. And I would have not hired him at, 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 in L.A. I would have gone. I would have gone to another team to get hired over there. They hired the wrong guy for the Sparks. You have Neka. You have her sister. You have Jordan in Canada. Lexi Brown. You know, you have Carly Samuelson and Katie Samuelson, who is pregnant right now. Um, This is not a deep roster team. They're full of inconsistencies whatsoever. The injuries is hurting. That's number one. And so I don't know how you fix those. And like I said about injuries, you you can blame it on the trainer, yes. But it's up to the player to change his or her habits. Understand? It's up to the player to change his or her habits. Eating, um, your training regimen, mental state, stuff like that. Because I see all these players sit on the bench and I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed because you're supposed to be out there playing. You just had a season where, like Shanae. Shanae has a foot injury, okay? Fine. Whatever. Get healthy. But <laughs> at the same time, at some point, something needs to be done. And I and I can go, and we always talk about the WNBA as a whole. We talk about expanding rosters. We talk about expansion of teams. To me, I'm sold, but I'm not as sold on what's going to happen next. See, when you have all these injuries and inconsistencies, you do want to add more players. Like, for example, they added Desi Henderson back in June. She gets released on July 15th. Now, remember, she played 10, I think she played 10 games, I believe. And she was on that hardship deal. She did well. I thought she did well. I thought she was the best player on the court. Then they released her because other players were starting to come back. And to me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because you're releasing a player that gave you minutes, that gave you everything. I mean, I, I, if I'm destined, I wouldn't even accept a thank you. And that's just me. I Maybe I'm the harsher one, but that's just me. Because I play all these games. I was ready when you called. Now I'm released. I'm on the street. I got to find another job. Or better yet, I got to work on my craft. Like you talk about players not going overseas. Why not get the players that release here? Have them stay here and try to build up their game here instead of going overseas and may risk an injury. But that's no say or naysay. I don't know. But you got to start winning. This, how are you going to make the postseason? You got to win one game. Right now, as a, as we speak, they, they're in the nice spot. So you got to win a couple of games this week to get closer. Maybe Chicago falls off. Who knows? So you just got to win a game to 
exuberate confidence. If you don't win games, then the confidence is lost. It's lost. It's gone. The season's gone. Kurt Miller, <laughs> he's going to have a job. But I don't know. I always want to hire my coaches to win a championship, to win something big. If I was running a company. In this case, the Sparks didn't go big. The Sparks went small, and they hired Kurt Miller. Not, No offense to his height, but they went small. And that's not the right move. If you're going to lose these games, it's not the right move. And the inconsistencies, and players are not getting that, it's definitely not the right move. So, between now and next week, we just got to see what happens. And re- remember, we're going to August. So, this is push. This is a playoff push time. We got to push the. We got to push. We got to push it. We got to push the narrative. We got to see where we go. Where we can go from here. All right. So that is our show, guys. Thank you for listening or watching. See beyond the game podcast. Uh, training camp has started. Uh, Zach Martin, as as of right now, did not attend mini, did not attend training camp. So, like I said in the other break, it's going to take it's going to be a battle between Zach Martin and the Cowboys. Let's see who comes out. Okay, and hopefully we'll have up, updates soon enough as far as the Cowboys play goes. And it's about that time again. I'm about to break out my list. Remember last year I broke out a list of the top 10 NFL players that need to break out for this season. So I'm going to start that list again. Maybe next up. Yeah, next next week we'll start that list again. Then we'll get to some WNBA stuff. Okay, I really did not. Well, I'll have my WNBA stuff and then my WNBA spotlight player of the month in my eyes. So, Let's talk about that next week. Otherwise, if there is, but otherwise, don't forget there is soccer on. Don't forget about the Women's World Cup. Let's let's keep, let's not forget about that. I think they, they play the Netherlands tomorrow, then they got two more games. The one game that I'm interested in watching is next week. That's like a 2 o'clock in the morning game. I'm going to tell you, I will watch that game. I'm going to give you, I'm going to try to watch that game, but I'm going to to give you my expertise on it next week and tell y'all whether they have a chance or not. And that's their last and final game before they get into the group stages and see where they see that, all that stuff. But I just don't want people to forget that there's a World Cup going on for women. It's been on every single day day since the first start of last week so let's not forget about that all right guys we're done here we will see y'all next week we we will have a breakout list and then any major updates from cowboys camp that i need to talk about we'll talk about plus the WNBA stuff any major stuff there and then also the WNBA spotlight player of the month for for july we'll talk about this podcast Next week on Fishbowl Radio, thank you guys for watching or listening. 
to the podcast and thank you to the listeners out there. I forgot to uh, write y'all down. You know who you are. I'm so sorry, but I'll, I'll find those countries next week and I'll shout y'all all. I promise. Thank you guys for listening and watching to Beyond the Egg Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and see your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.